Good day and welcome to Film Exploration of Ash Horror. And we're coming to the end of season 12, where we are bringing you a horror movie a day every day in October. And we come to one of the classics of the genre. One of my personal favourites, and that's rather fitting, since this is episode 150 with Film Exploration of Ash Hurry. So I am very excited to be talking about the revolutionary 1984 horror, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Directed by none other than, of course, Wes Craven and starring Heather Langerkamp, Johnny Depp, Robert Englund, John Saxon, Ronnie Blakely and Amanda Wiss. A film that single-handedly spared the demise of New Line Cinema when they took a chance with Wes Craven's nightmarish imagination, which made back its entire budget of $1.8 million in its opening weekend. Almost a third of that budget, by the way, was on ambitious special effects, which obviously did its job to reinforce the genre this film advertised to be, since it was sat in a top 40 list for worldwide box office return in 1984. And that is a remarkable list to be part of considering the budget, the genre, and of course the competition, which included the introduction of Footloose, Police Academy, Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, Karate Kid, The Terminator, Gremlins, the second Indiana Jones movie, the third Star Trek movie, the fourth Friday the 13th movie, and timeless classics like Splash, Purple Rain, and the original June. Safe to say 1984 was an explosive, groundbreaking year for cinema and sat in the midst was Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street, which interestingly never mentions Elm Street anywhere in the film. So that title could have literally been anything and completely relevant to the finished film. As well as being voted one of the most heart-pounding American movies ever made, this film's big claim to fame is the debut role of one Mr. Johnny Depp, who was only casted because Wes Craven's daughter thought he was dreamy and threatened to run away from home if he did not cast him. So we may owe our gratitude to Craven's daughter, otherwise we may not have had Captain Jack Sparrow or the gothic flair attached to a majority of Tim Burton's project. Now, if you are startled about the awareness of Limbo in Christopher Nolan's Inception, then shield your eyes from this movie where a supernatural serial killer named Freddy Krueger with a cute little Wolverine-esque glove, a striped sweat and some monstrous facial scars is preying on a specific group of teenagers in their sleep and if they die in their dream they die in real life in a cartoonish yet horrific bloody inhuman way that'll keep your eyes wide awake at night. Besides the movie falling almost into Breakfast Club teen stereotypes, this film exercises its right to be named a horror as it composes a grounded plot that takes its time of clarifying the unexplained concerning this Freddy Krueger chap and this stimulating personality that is bizarrely attached to our antagonist or later down the line anti-hero. Unlike many of the decades uh, with other high-concept movies, Nightmare on Elm Street squeezes every ounce of fear out of its central premise. Even every psychological visual patterns that emerge in nightmares are in this film to stretch your horror into the audience's mind. The stairs sinking beneath your feet, everyday objects becoming menacing, the idea of running and still getting nowhere as the image of whoever is running after you is always there. In this case, it's Kruger. Craven's direction guarantees that the audience experiences the same uncertainty as the characters, with scenes that appear to be set in reality turning out to be dreams and vice versa. The film carries enough atavistic terror for it to have survived the dating of its special effects and remain one of the scariest horror movies of the 80s. 
Wes Craven is a craftsman at every trivial thing questionable, like having a bath, which invites comparisons to the shower scene in Psycho, but pulls it off without being a cheap ripoff. Going to sleep, of course, even strange, eerie children's songs, the echoes and ominous presence. The transitional cuts in this movie are a work of art, so take a bow to the editing team, especially for the classroom scene where she dozes off, which is brilliantly subtle, as the scene transitions from a nightmare to the class reading Shakespeare. It is a beautiful piece of filmmaking. The the director here had clearly understood that the anticipation of the coming danger is much more effective than the final attack. This film is loaded with great visuals that are brief but outstay their welcome in our vulnerable minds and infecting fear even when the movie reaches the end, like Freddy's unnatural long arms in the alleyway and when the stairs turn gooey. Simple practical tricks that put your hearts in your throat and choke you to submission. Craven sort of invites us to have an opinion on our adversaries, something none of the other big three don't entertain. There seems to be an agenda with Kruger that almost pushes us to hate the parents instead of Kruger, and this is confirmed with the clumsiness that Craven playfully explores with Kruger that he eventually pushes heavily on Ghostface in the Scream franchise, and this reinforces us, the audience, that this guy is flawed, but more importantly you see a flash of humanity in him as he falls over, teases, talks, and this is an interesting dynamic Craven has brought to the horror genre. This is not a mindless drone like in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or an appetite to eat humans or simply stand in the background. There is an establishment of personality hinted subtly in parts of this film and later in the sequels that make Nightmare on Elm Street a great horror movie. Stay away from Elm Street. I mean, why is it called Elm Street, you ask? Well, considering it has never been mentioned in this movie, sources say it's named after Elm Street in Witten, Illinois, where Craven went to college. Gotta love a good tribute. But anyway, that's all I have time for with this classic. Overall, A Nightmare on Elm Street introduced us to Johnny Depp, gave us an unstable mental thought to stop going to bed, spawning several sequels, remakes, even a showdown between Friday the 13th's Jason. Even a music video is based on this film, and let's not forget there is a Nintendo video game about this film. This is a film that merged the slasher and mild fantasy genres together to create a well-plotted-out narrative that lies in an insane horror within that is as solid now as it was in 1984. But anyway, please subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Google, Amazon, and Spotify. And you can also find me on Instagram. That's film, exploration, A-H, all lowercase, all one word. But for now, thank you for listening to season 12 with Film Exploration with Ash Hurry. Yeah.